Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 40 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to go say Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you today? I'm great, man. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, thank you. I am glad that you were able to make it to the recording today. I know that uh, we had a uh, a bit of a time crunch, yeah. Which we'll sorry get about to later on in our award-winning segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. And why don't you tell us what our first star of the week is? And also, in so doing, welcome in our guest. Yeah, Matt. Our first star of the week is that we do have a guest. Okay, so that was that got weird. But sorry, we do have a guest this week, and it is our buddy Bill, who is joining us. Bill, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's uh, it was hard for me to not say anything for the first minute of this show, but <laughs> well, I'm excited you. about the next few minutes where I get to talk about stars. Oh, yeah, 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 got all so, those stars. Uh, this is the bill. In, sorry, in case it isn't clear, we've actually mentioned Bill on the show a handful of times. This is that Bill. If you're a longtime listener, this is Bill. So you Bill, already know uh, me. You actually have the second star of the week. What is our second star of the week? Uh, well, um, the second star of the week is that I am now poor because um, <laughs> you guys do a lot of console gaming, but I'm mostly a PC gamer, and this week has been Steam Summer Sales. Mm. So I have spent a ton of money catching up on, on some great games that I, I have heard, missed out on. I've heard dangerous things. Like uh, it's It sort of makes me happy and sad that I don't do a ton of PC gaming. Just because of this sale, I've heard some real dangerous things about it. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. let, let me tell you my personal brief experience with it is that uh, um, we, you and me, Dave, and uh, producer Mark, and a couple other people, we all sort of talk every day on email, and that group of people has been rolling out like Christmas in June level of handing, <laughs> like just buying group batches of Steam games and handing out licenses to other people. And so I have just ended up with a couple of Steam games, which are all great, although uh, the laptop on which I am currently recording is a couple of years old, and I tried to play a game called Forced, which was great, until about half an hour in, it totally overheated my computer, and it just shut down forever. Uh-huh. Well, not forever, because so it's working now. But uh, So, Bill, what, what have you acquired that has crushed your wallet? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I've played a lot of games on, on the Xbox, but it's hard for me to like stay stay with them. So uh, the first one that I picked up was Skyrim. I got Skyrim for the PC and all of the DLC for oh, like $13. Wow. Wait, have wow. you never played Skyrim? I, I have played it. I haven't played any of the expansions, and I never beat it because I have this problem when I play games that I try and like get a hundred and everything and then I get bored before I get like halfway through the story. So you know my my wife does that. But dude, you're in for a treat. Especially on the PC, because there's like a million mods for it. Some yeah, of which I'm, are weird and garbage, but apparently some of which are amazing. I'm super worried about that because that's just gonna make it harder for me to actually get through the game because I'm gonna like get halfway <laughs> through and then start messing with mods and then get bored and play some of the other games that I bought, which include like uh uh, let's see. I got Fallout New Vegas. I'm excited to be playing that. I've never actually played that. I played Fallout 3, but never New Vegas. Oh, dude. Um, new Vegas is great. I got uh, this, the new game by the, the company that made Bastion called Transistor. Oh, what is, is that? Uh, dude, I don't even know what that is. It's like a weird like turn-based or live like RPG narrated in the same style as Bastion. It's pretty cool. But I got that, that on fantastic. Sale. I was actually kind of disappointed about that because I bought it earlier in the week, and then today, like they have their like final sales because this is the last day, and it was, oh, it was cheaper, okay. cheaper than I bought it for, so I was kind of upset about that. Ah, uh, well, they got me. But uh, and a couple of other like smaller games, but uh, altogether, I spent like thirty dollars on what's probably you know one hundred and fifty dollars worth of games at one point in time. Man, I'll tell you, thirty bucks is a great deal for all that. Like. I have played so much Skyrim. Like, 
the fact that I do not currently own Skyrim is a testament to how good that game is, because I know that if I bought a new copy of Skyrim to play it again, it would just consume my life all over again. And I probably still wouldn't finish the main quest. I've put, I swear, a hundred or so hours into that game on a couple of different files and never finished the actual game. Oh, dude, I've put... I don't I don't care to calculate how much time, but way more than a hundred hours. Also, 30 bucks, but 30 bucks isn't bad, dude. When well, you I said, mean, like, you were poor. I, that was a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but I mean, it's only because I have this iron, like, willpower to not just buy every game that they offer me, and I care about my marriage enough to not, like, DPS it by buying games on Steam sale. I legit thought that you had just spent, like, $200 on the Steam sale. I, I think if you spent $200 on Steam sale, you, you would own every game on Steam. You would just own Steam. You would have <laughs> shares in Steam. So I'm yeah, looking forward. That's... That's what's coming up in this Dude, next... Dude, I, uh, gotta, I gotta get on the PC train. Like, I used to... I have it, like, I got, like, a mind block on it that I think it's, like, this really big thing. And and the more I find out, the more I'm convinced that I, I think I could actually probably get in on that for not unreasonable amounts of money. Oh, no, it's not too bad. I mean, you, the the big the big part is, you know, the motherboard and then the, the uh, graphics card. But, I mean, ultimately, you could build a a pretty solid gaming rig for like 800 bucks. Well, that's not that bad. I mean, it's not, it's not cheap, but no. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I, sh- I should get in on that. Actually, Matt, speaking of, speaking of all of these games, Matt, what, what is our third star of the week? Oh, dude, Dave, our third star of the week is, uh, so you mentioned that you bought uh fallout new Vegas bill. Yeah. Uh, I have just rebought, uh, Fallout 3. So, so good. I saw the trailer for Fallout 4, which we talked about on last week's episode. And when I was going home from work on Friday, I was like, you know, I just need to spend some time with Fallout 3. Just sort of like get it back in my bones. Uh, so I stopped over to GameStop and that has been, that has pretty much been my weekend. I have played Fallout 3. Uh, so when you, say, when you say you want to spend more time with Fallout 3, what you meant is you want to spend more time with 3Dog. Oh, dude, three dogs. Three, oh, man. Oh, dude, actually, speaking of Fallout 3, sorry, speaking of playing Fallout 3, I have an Xbox One now. Fallout uh-huh. 3 is obviously a 360 game, but they did just announce uh, Microsoft has decided that they're not going to be big jerks anymore and that the Xbox One is going to start developing a uh, backwards compatibility catalog so you will be able to play... 360 games on your Xbox One. Oh yeah, that was one of the big things out of E3 this week, as well as yeah, I'm super what, Shenmue about it. 3 is finally coming out, and they're actually remaking Final Fantasy 7. Oh my gosh, Shenmue 3 is coming out! I can't okay. believe it. It's, We're not going to talk about that right now, Dave, oh because gosh, I know yes. you're too excited to actually uh, put it into like compact words that we need for this I don't podcast. Have words. I can't uh, even handle it. Let me talk about the, Fallout get... 3 for just another second. Um. I mean, listen, Fallout 3 came out years ago. Uh, actually, the last time I played through it is when I was still living in your attic, Bill, uh, which was great because you had that, like, huge book that had all of, like, the maps and stuff. It was beautiful. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a sucker. Now. Whenever, like, uh, whenever, whenever GameStop's like, hey, you, you totally want to buy this, this, this book that goes with it, it's, it's on sale 20% off. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea because it's cheap. But, I mean, do they, are there even GameStops anymore? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I bought Fallout 3 at a GameStop. It was $10. It was great. Uh, the other Fallout thing that I have been doing is that when they announced Fallout 4, they also put out a uh, a game for iOS called Fallout Shelter. Oh, yeah, I'm really bummed out that I can't play that. And it's like, basically, it's one of these, like, you build a vault, you are the vault overseer, and you, like, control which workers are in which pods, like, doing which jobs to, like, build resources and stay alive after the apocalypse. And normally, and it's like a freemium game. Like, you buy it free, but you can, like, pay for things otherwise. And normally Mm. that sort of game bugs me because what happens is you sort of can't play the game without spending any money unless you figure out, like, a weird sideways way to do it. Uh, Because otherwise you're really, like, scrimping and saving, like, every possible point to make it work without spending, like, actual, like, American dollars. But... 
they solved that problem for me because it's Fallout. And since it's Fallout, like, everything is supposed to be, like, barely running on a shoestring. And so I feel really good about the fact that, like, nothing really works all the way. And that if I just right. had a little bit more resources, it would be great. But I don't have those resources. <laughs> Guys, Fallout yeah, no, Shelter is, like... Appropriate. I have been spending way too much time on this dumb little iOS game. I love it. Check out Fallout Shelter. I will not investigate that because I'm sure that my productivity at work will take a dive. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, I can't... Well, I can't play it anyways because I don't have iOS. But it does sound super fun. Yeah, man. Fallout. Now I kind of want to go back and play Fallout. Dude, it's it's worth it. It is 100% worth it. Dude, I dude, like... I can't... I have like a docket of games to get through. You know what I haven't touched at all is Witcher 3. I don't even own it yet. But it's supposed to be just like balls out amazing. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, yeah our buddy Chris. I have dude, been. Our, Chris, our old friend from college, texted me about it and said it is literally the best game he's ever played. Wow. Yeah. Dude, one, one final thing about Fallout, and then we'll jump onto the four star. The last thing is that I like Fallout so much that the other day I was in a like vintage goods store. And I found an electric ice crusher that looks like it's something that you would find, like, hanging around in a vault. And I just bought it. Like, I don't need an ice crusher, let alone one from the 50s that you plug in. But I saw it and I was like, oh, well, obviously I need that. Ooh, oh my gosh, wait, sorry. One more thing about Fallout 4. So there will be a companion app that you can, like be running on your phone okay and if you get the collector's edition of fallout 4 it comes with a pit boy into which you can slot your phone so you can be wearing a pit boy that has that is displaying all the relevant information while you're playing fallout 4 man i i simultaneously really need and do not need that at all i think this is the end times guys i think <laughs> this is the end <laughs> for us maybe yeah okay so uh, that's it for Fallout, because if we don't, like, force ourselves to stop, we'll just talk about Fallout all night. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? Oh, man. Okay. So our fourth star of the week is last Friday, Matt, you and I went down to see NXT live in Cleveland. We talked about it last time we went to see NXT in Cleveland. It was amazing then. We went and saw it again, and it was still amazing. Yeah. Guess what, guys? It was still baller. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, guys, seriously. And again, I am not actually, like, a huge wrestling guy. Like, I, I you know, I kind of dig it in theory. I'm happy to listen to other people talk about it. But I don't, like, I don't subscribe to the WWE Network or anything. Maybe okay. you should. Here Maybe is should. A, hey, listen, it's only nine ninety nine, my friend. So, <laughs> But even if you're not, like, a wrestling dude... Go see a live show if the opportunity presents itself. It's it's it man. It's just killer live entertainment. It it's is amazing. Awesome. Uh, here is Speaking the of, you guys oh. got to give me a call next time you go. Give me some heads up. I'll oh, dude, them. I will absolutely let you know. At the end of this show, they said that they were absolutely going to come back at least one more time. So next yeah. time we'll all have to go out together, dude. Okay, so I was a little concerned, Matt, at the be- at the at the match or at the event. Because it didn't start as strong as the last time. Yeah, the first the first match was really good. Okay, let me let me back that up a second. The whole this NXT event took place the day after Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, passed away. Right. And you may remember we mentioned it last episode. And as we've said, like Dusty Rhodes was a huge part of the sort of NXT machine. And so the whole night was like one big tribute to the American dream. Like, I think I might be mistaken about this. I think every single one of those matches, somebody dropped a bionic elbow. Like, I think I that no, happened. You're, you're right, dude. I think it or or one of Dusty's moves, like every single match, one of the contestants yeah. threw out a tribute to Dusty Rhodes. The first it match was, really was a cool. uh, it was a tag team. It was Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus the Vaude Villains. And when they oh, came man. out, Enzo, like, he dropped a Hard Times promo. Like, it wasn't yeah. the Hard Times promo, but he, like, you know, he was talking about it. It was great. Dude, and uh, at the end of the match, like, all four guys sort of, like, hugged it out. They were like, all right, we were just fighting, but you're all right. Dusty Rhodes. It was great. I did not know that this was a thing, Matt, although you you have later informed me that it was, that before the event started, 
William Regal, who is the sort of face slash general manager of NXT, came out, you know, sort of acknowledged Dusty's death and said that they would have the 10-bell salute, which I did not know was a thing. Yes, this is a thing anytime a like a noted wrestler passes away. Uh, I think the last time we saw it was when the Ultimate Warrior died. Uh, but like, you know, at the beginning of the event, they like, you know, they turn down all the lights and they have a 10-bell ringing salute for the person. And like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was... I don't think I actually wept, but it was only because I was putting everything into not crying in front of a bunch of strangers. Yeah, dude. It was like, it was an emotional moment. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Like, Enzo and Big Cass versus the Vaude Villains was amazing. The next couple of matches were a little weak. And then the last two matches were uh, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. And then it was a, a killer. Oh, man. Oh, that it was, was a great. killer match. And you know how I said earlier that everyone was doing dusty moves? Uh, Charlotte, who is Ric Flair's daughter, uh, for those of you who don't know that, um, during that match, Charlotte was doing all of Ric Flair's moves and not just his moves, but also like his weird flourishes. Like, you know, that thing that Ric Flair does when he gets thrown into the corner, like turnbuckle, where he throws his shoulder like into the ring post between the second and third ropes and then, like, flips over the top rope to, like, really sell how hard he got thrown. Like, she did okay. that. Like, that is some deep-cut, like, Ric Flair stuff. <laughs> Matt, wow. had I not seen it, I would have no idea what you were just talking about. But it did look super cool when I saw it. Dude, she was throwing knife-edge chops. She was just hitting. Oh, she did that bit where, like, you take three steps and then you fall flat on your face? It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and then the last match was a fatal four-way. Uh, oh, oh, dude, it was a fanta- uh, it was a killer dude, match. Kevin Owens, Tyler Breeze, Finn Balor, and uh, oh, Samoa Joe. It was amazing. Yeah. If it you don't awesome. know what these names mean, then I thank you for listening along for the last few minutes. Um, and also check out some NXT. It's great. Anyway, you totally should. Uh, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is that my wife and I, Beth, just had our sixth wedding anniversary yesterday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And uh, for that anniversary, we went down to Washington, D.C., had a blast. Like, it was super fun. We were down there for, like, we got there Thursday evening. We were there Friday, Saturday, and then we drove back today. Thursday, uh, Friday, we spent all day at the Smithsonian, specifically the American History and then the... Air, uh, Air and Space? Air and Space Museum. It was super cool. Matt, I know you and I went there like once when we were in high school or something. Yeah. You should totally go back. Like, I would go back again. It was super great. You know, I love museums. But the Smithsonian is awesome. They had all sorts of cool stuff. They have Washington's, like George Washington's military uniform. Like the actual one. Oh, dude, the Smithsonian cool is, is killer. Yeah. Now, there was one moment of disappointment because at the Air and Space Museum, they said that they had like a Transformers exhibit. Okay. I may not have mentioned this, guys. I love the Transformers from way back. Oh, dude, not from like small Not like the times. modern Transformer movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like the modern Transformers movies, although I do love watching giant robots on screen blowing each other up. That's great. But I love Transformers. Turns out, there is like a Smithsonian Air and Space like auxiliary museum somewhere in Virginia. Okay. And that's where the Transformers exhibit was. So I'm like wandering all over the Smithsonian trying to find this Transformers thing. Wasn't there. That was a huge bummer. And then the next day, we went down to the beach. We spent uh, most of the day at the beach. I am nursing one of the most monstrous sunburns I have ever had. Ooh. It, yeah. It's awful. Like, it's really terrible. Like, it was cloudy when we set out, so we were thinking, like, SPF 50 would be cool. It was not. Dude, like, I had sunburned, like, last night, like, when we had got back from the beach and we're, like, back in the Airbnb we had rented. I was, like, shivering. I kind of had the shakes. In retrospect, I think I may have actually gotten, like, low-grade sun poisoning. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it was terrible. And yet, he has come back to record this podcast for you, our precious listeners. And I, I think it's important to point out that, like, this, you used to do landscaping, so getting getting the worst sunburn ever, that's that's not, like, a minor thing for you. No. Well, actually, I can tell you my forearms are totally fine, and my legs, 
like my, uh, you know, I was like wearing swim trunks so my thighs were covered, but my calves are also totally fine. Like my forearms and calves are effectively immune to sunburn at this point in my life. Just because they got so burnt out while you were landscaping? Yeah, I think I just maybe have like permanent sun damage on them, but they don't really get sunburned. My torso and back are an entirely different story. And they are, it's actually not as bad as it was yesterday. But yesterday they were like scarlet. It was gross. But the beach was great. And uh, Beth got to eat a bunch of seafood, which is wonderful for her. I didn't because I think seafood is kind of gross. But that was lovely for her because we live in Cleveland, as we may have mentioned, I don't know, maybe once or twice. Maybe once or twice an episode, yeah. (laughs) So she doesn't get a lot of seafood and uh, she like freaks out like crab, lobster, all of that stuff. I don't eat anything with a exoskeleton. That's just a rule I have. But she got to have some, and that was great for her. So we hit the Smithsonian, we hit the beach, we drove back today, and now we are recording this. But yeah, it was a, it was a killer trip, man. If you haven't been to Washington, D.C., you should totally go. All right. So our five stars having been uh, concluded, we are going to take a quick break. We are going to watch episode 40, that's right, 4-0. Dang, dude. Of Gosei Sentai Dime Ranger. It is called Farewell, the Three Stooges. And we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching episode 40, Farewell, the Three Stooges. Dave, why don't you give us a quick recap and then we will get into the episode. Sure, this is the final episode with the Three Stooges. As you may have guessed from the title... This time, their contest takes the form of a motorcycle race between General Kamikaze and Shoji. Shoji ends up losing. We think the ending is very sad, but it ends on a sort of sweet note. I think it's pretty... Yeah, that's pretty much what we got. So, uh, the episode starts off... Like, they do not give you any time to catch your bearings. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm glad that that wasn't just me. My notes actually say, did I miss something? Was there a scene before this? I was. I, no, there isn't. I didn't have a whole lot of perspective. You know, I haven't seen as many episodes as you guys, and I thought that this was normal, but yeah, they did, they did not get around. <laughs> no, normally there's at least, like, some form of setup. We just jump right into it. So, like, I think the very yeah. first thing we see is Shoji eats it on a bike. He, like, he's on a motorcycle, and he goes like over the handlebars, flying. He's, yeah, he's riding around on his dirt bike, and he gets hit by something and flies off the bike. And then he Turns looks up out, and looks around, and lo and behold, as the title of the episode would suggest, it is our titular Three Stooges. We got General Kamikaze, uh, Company President Tombstone, and the Teacher Telephone, or Telephone company Teacher. Company President Tombstone, that's what it was. Yeah, so they they show up, and Shoji looks at them, and he's like, oh my gosh, you guys. I th- Seriously? What, what he okay. says, in my notes, I have it down as, are you idiots still around? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yes, they are. And with, like, no preamble, I think maybe it's just assumed that when they meet, they're going to duel, and it has to be sports-related. Yeah, they could never have a straight fight. Well, there was there was one thing before before they started the fight. They made the statement that I thought was great. It was even the Kotopotoro looked down on us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because they're like, dude, things are really bad for us. The Koba kicked us out. Even the Kotopotoro looked down on us. Like we have to beat you at something eventually. So we and they're have, just yeah. So we have been training, and now it is time to challenge you anew. Right, and they will just try anything. So the first one is Company President Tombstone challenges Shoji, and this is the best part. He doesn't actually challenge him; it just happens. There's just like <laughs> there's a ring, and <laughs> like an actual ring, and they have a sumo match. Like it's not explained. Company President. Tombstone doesn't say, like, I challenge you to a sumo match. Like, just the ring starts. Uh, General Kamikaze is officiating, and they just both immediately know what's about to happen. They Yeah, they fight for, like, two seconds, and then, despite all of their training, Shoji just, like, does, like, a weird, like, a back roll and flips General Kamikaze out of the ring, winning the sumo match. 
And next up, we have the teacher telephone. <laughs> and this is beautiful. So, so I think, does she make the ring out of extension cords? I oh, think she, she does. 100% oh, yeah. makes the ring out of okay. telephone cords. So she shoots extension cords, like, out of her hands or something, telephone extension cords, out of her hands, and makes a boxing, it could be either a boxing or a wrestling ring. We immediately find out that it is a wrestling <laughs> ring. Shoji is already in it. She appears at, like, the top of a, because they're like a dump or something. She appears at, like, the top of a stack of cars, I think. <laughs> she she has a cape on and she jumps down into the ring. And did, so she has no idea what's did happening. Did you did you catch what the cape said? It's a, it it was oh, <laughs> That's right. Cutie Pink. That was her Cutie persona. Pink, <laughs> that is her pro wrestling name. And so Shoji's like, what is like you can see it in his eyes. You, I mean, you can't because he has his tension, he has his helmet on. But you would be able to see it, just like guys. What, like, what's happening right now? And she's like, "We're wrestling," and so she jumps down, cutie pink. She's got the cape, and it actually it goes not bad for her at, at very first. Yeah, to her credit, she actually manages to like throw him out of the wrestling rink, which is not how you win a wrestling match. But <laughs> that is what yeah, happens. You can get counted out. You can get if she got him out for more than ten seconds, she would win. True, but that is not what happens at all. What happens is, is that she throws him out of the wrestling ring, and then the three of them are like, aha, we beat you now. Now it's time for our finishing move. Shoshi <laughs> just like, nah, man. And he just like jump kicks all three of them at the same time. Yeah. And By they the way, go down. <laughs> we never see what this finishing move was supposed to be because they threaten it and then get jump kicked in the face. Yeah. I really want to know what it was. Like, I want to know how a tombstone, motorcycle, and telephone come together <laughs> as a finishing move. We never see it, sadly, but I feel like it would have been glorious. So he drops all three of them. Shoji, then he's like, okay, well, I clearly beat you guys. Can we just call it a day now? General Kamikaze says, no, no, no. You forgot about our duel. Like, we're going to do this. I challenge you to a bike duel. So good. <laughs> so next scene, they, they after that, they cut to the diner, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the rangers are there. This is... Right. This is the diner that they're always at, by the way. Yeah, we haven't seen it in a while, but when I saw it, I actually wrote down in my notes like, oh, no way, they're back at the diner. This is great. <laughs> I also, I love that Shoji, because they don't say it's about the bike race is going to happen right now. They give, this is in the last scene, but they give him like a time and a place. Like this is going down at like X location in like three hours. And I just love that Shoji is still willing to do this. You know, like he's he's still willing to go along with this bike race. It's not even that he's for no reason. It's it's, like it's he has. It's more than that though. Like he, the other rangers are like, dude, don't don't do it. What? Why are you doing this? There's no reason. And then he just <laughs> he just drops it. He's like, right. uh, never mind, guys. I'll I'll see you later. Throws money on the table. Right. And as he's walking out, uh, I didn't catch which ranger it was, but one of them's like, hey, this isn't it's enough. For you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Bill. Uh, having not watched a ton of episodes of the show, you okay? Here's something you ha first have to know. First of all, Shoji never has any money. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, like, that guy is broke as a joke all the time. Yeah, all the time. So he throws that at Ryu, and it's always Ryu that covers him. And so when he puts the money down, it's this like running joke that Ryu's like, "Dude, that's not that's not enough money." Like you. Oh, okay. And, and my, I think my favorite thing about that is that it does not get resolved. Like, he throws what he knows, I'm sure he knows, is not enough money on the table, and then walks out, hears someone call behind him, like, dude, you still owe us money, and then the scene just shifts. Yeah. Like, there is no... <laughs> right. He does not even turn around to try to talk his way out of it. I like to think that Shoji is going ahead with the bike duel as a way of getting out of paying for his <laughs> that, that's not entirely unreasonable. That could very much be at least part of his motivation. Listen, he's sticking to his strengths. What he is good at is bike duels. What he is not good at is having any money ever. So, but what's fantastic is that he's completely transparent because Rin follows him out and it's just like, you're going to the bike duel, aren't you? And she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go do it. 
Well, he She's it's like, weird because he says like I don't know. I still haven't decided. But yeah, that's what's gonna. But happen. yeah, I'm gonna go to it. And she asks, she's like, why? You don't, you don't, who cares? Like, they're obviously going to cheat. Like, you know they're going to cheat. And he just says, he's like, what he says, I've got to finish this. Yeah, like, I've got to see this thing through to the end or whatever. And I really, I don't quite understand what he thinks the terminus of this will be. But clearly he hasn't reached it yet. Well, okay, we will, we will revisit this at the end of the episode. Because I think I know what he means. But let's talk about it later. Yeah. The next thing I have in my notes is just a one-line thing that says Shoji is the king. Because they show up to... He shows up to the spot where they are going to be having the race. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the Three Stooges are there. Zydos was there a moment ago. And he said, like, listen, if you guys manage to win, then you can come back to the Goma. No, I don't think he does. What he says is, if you win, your lives will be spared. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, you can't come back in, but if you lose, I will kill you. And Kamikaze is trying to, like, talk a big game. Like, oh, no, if we win, like, I want to be a Goma commander, which (laughs) Zydos basically just ignores. (laughs) Yeah. Now, we do find something out, though. Zydos says, he's like, listen, you guys are like, he says something to the effect of, like, you guys are three of, like, my favorite subordinates, or something like that. So Zydos, and I think we've established this from previous episodes, Zydos is clearly the most, like, experimental slash, like, willing to kind of go out on a limb Goma commander. Because Jin, he created Jin. He is the direct supervisor of the Three Stooges. I feel like every time we get a kind of weird slash offbeat... Goma monster, it's always connected to Zydos somehow. Yeah, he is very clearly playing his own game, whereas, like, Shadam is in charge, and uh, Gara just sort of goes along with Shadam most of the time. Right. Oh, uh, Commander, Commander Cannon, Je- Sergeant Cannon, that was also one of Zydos's. Yeah, all the weirdos. <laughs> right, all the weirdos slash kind of losers, those are all connected to Zydos. Leftovers. Exactly. Right. And these so are Shoji, the leftovers. Yeah, these guys are like the bottom of the barrel. So Shoji shows up. Okay. Actually, Matt, Matt go for it. Okay. You were leading into this. <laughs> so. And I, don't, I, I can't take this from you. Okay. I have been looking forward to this episode the entire series, because mostly because of what Shoji is wearing. So he rolls up, and first of all, you know how Shoji rides a dirt bike? Like, anytime you see him on a motorcycle, he is on a dirt bike? That is not the case. Somewhere, somehow, he has acquired a Harley. Like, he is just, like, rolling up on a full-on, like, chopper. He is wearing all white. Uh, He is wearing, like, a white, like, trench coat duster. He's not wearing a shirt. He is wearing pants, like, white pants... But those pants, like, they're belted at his waist, but then they keep going up, like, halfway up his chest. Okay, wait. Actually, Matt, hold up. What that is, is not belted. He has, like, a waist wrap on, and um, this outfit is sort of like a samurai outfit. Like, not in armor, but he. this is, like, a kind of a callback slash reminiscent of, like, a samurai purifier purification outfit thing yeah he's a biker samurai and he's got like stars like blue stars painted maybe airbrushed on his clothes dude it's beautiful (laughs) uh shoji is is resplendent in his beautiful white biker's outfit and they are about to start this race right so they're about to start the race and you know, so like they kind of both roll. Zydos is gone at this point. They both roll up to the starting line, and General Kamikaze explains the rules of this race. And here's the deal: basically, there's there's two keys at two different locations that they need to get, like along the route of this race. And then, kind of, I think he says, "There's." Does he say there's something at the end that needs to be unlocked, and you have to get the keys? Is that well, right? Not there's yet. A, there not was yet a yet. third key at the end. Oh, that's right. He says there's a third key at the end. Also, I love that Shoji continues to let these guys set the conditions of these contests. 
Especially because they always involve explosions. Right. They always involve explosions, and they always cheat. And Shoji just keeps showing up and saying, all right, let's let's do it. Like, whatever it is you guys have decided to do, let's do it. Well, Listen, Dave, Shoji is dedicated to a duel between men. Let, let, me, let me jump in here. Um, when the race starts, Shoji doesn't know about the explosives. This is a, a thing that happens, like, after the race starts. The third key and the explosives. Oh, that's right aren't mentioned until so they're told there's two keys and then they have to return and so the race starts and after they get like 50 feet out uh company president tombstone throws these explosives that land on both bikes now the greatest part about like attach themselves somehow the best part about that is like he could have just thrown it on shoji's bike but he threw it on both bikes (laughs) because it's a duel between men um, right, this is like a continuing thing, is that everybody has explosives and, strapped to them somehow. And this is the speed explosive, of course, so uh, if you ever stop during the race, it explodes. And it has three keyholes, and this is when he says there's a third key at the end, and you need all three keys to defuse the bomb, and there's only one key at the end, so whoever doesn't get, whoever doesn't win, explodes. Right. And so there, Which is actually pretty, that's a pretty baller motorcycle race. Like, that's kind of a cool idea. Oh, dude, it's rad. This is, like, straight up, like, weirdo speed racer speed, like, racing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, another thing I just want to put out there is that right after this race begins, you know how I said he has somehow acquired a Harley? Yeah. I've got a theory about this, because as soon as the race starts, oh, Shoji yeah, this is, um, and this his is so bike cool. glow blue... And then he transforms into his Die Ranger form, and his bike transforms into like the Die Ranger, like dirt bike. You know how like they all have their own motorcycles. Yeah, this actually poses like a whole host of questions for me. Yeah, because Which we don't I guess really what need we're to seeing get into. is like the Harley is the untransformed version of his superhero bike. Yeah, dude, I have. So now Dude, I'm wondering, like, what know. else has other, like, mundane, like, untransformed versions? I have a real hope <laughs> that, like, the, the tension extends to anything the Rangers are, like, holding slash using at the time. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if they were holding their Diron Kens and they untensioned, that they would just be, like, Frisbees or something. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's not the case, but that's the idea. Or if they were driving in a car when they transformed, like the whole car would transform right. into like a crazy Die Ranger car. These these are the questions that forty episodes into the show we are still forced to ask ourselves. <laughs> Dude, I don't I don't think these questions will ever end, Matt. Well, they're gonna Nor end in ultimately... ten episodes. They won't be answered, but they're gonna end. Well, yeah. Nor ultimately I think what I want them to end slash be answered. Like it's better to not know. You know? Oh, I agree. So they're going along and they immediately, well, at least Shoji, he pulls ahead as soon as he finds out that there is a bomb in play. And so right. he pulls ahead. He's like, well, I'm not going to lose to you, like, because I don't want to get exploded. And as right. soon as he pulls ahead, uh, Gen- uh, company president Tombstone hops around a corner and blasts him with a fireball. Right. Just right out of the box, cheating as hard as possible. Kamikaze is able to pull ahead, and he manages to get to the first key before Shoji does. Now, remember, there are two keys at both the first and second locations. So Shoji's right. behind, but he's not, like, immediately doomed. Yeah, like, it's it's fine for now. Now, I think it's important so, to, to jump in here and mention that the keys are not in, like, a normal place. Like, the first key, I think, is... I can't tell if it's on the Skyway, in the building for the Skyway, or on a boat. But I it, thought it was in a warehouse. I think it's in a where like there's a they have to like go over a bridge and then it's in a warehouse over the bridge. And then the second key later on, which they had mentioned before, is attached to a bus that's currently in its Yeah. Yeah, and the bus is not parked. (laughs) The bus is driving. Right. Okay. So great company president Tombstone shoots a fireball. So Shoji is sort of delayed. General Kamikaze manages to surge ahead, gets his hands on the first key, and then kind of like loops around and heads on to the second key. Shoji catches up, pulls some like fancy jumpy bike work, and I think actually launches himself over General Kamikaze, right? Yeah, because there's one door to this warehouse where the keys are. So as Kamikaze is leaving, Shoji like jumps over him to get through the door. Without right. crashing. 
And then jumps out again later, I think just for show. Style points. Uh, that makes sense. That seems reasonable to me. Oh, it's Shoji. He's hot-dogging it. Right. So, he Shoji is like, due to some fancy bike work, has almost caught up with General Kamikaze. However, telephone, che- telephone teacher, which actually works way better in English, I think, than it does in Japanese. But, telephone teacher has not yet cheated her pants off, which she's about to do. And she does it in the weirdest way possible because her weird phone powers never make any sense at all. <laughs> they never make any sense. And I have a pretty strong feeling that she is easily the most powerful of the three of these. Because her powers are never defined, but they always seem like really broad in scope. And so her attack at this point in time is she dials up to a phone and a, and a receiver from like a payphone <laughs> levitates <laughs> off. Yeah. And then she dials H2O, <laughs> and it sprays Shoji with water. But this, this the telephone, like the payphone telephone, like a fire shoots water out of it. Yeah, and Shoji starts complaining that he can't see because this water is not clear. Which turns out <laughs> I don't. Well, he's he's got like a visor on, so you know, like if it's raining and you don't have like windshield wipers or something, maybe that's the idea. No, but I think that water wasn't clear. It looked weird and cloudy and white. That might have just been, oh, like, yeah, me glancing up to see it, but that, that, that looked like some gross water. I, I think maybe Telephone Teacher is not really good at chemistry and doesn't know what H2O is, because then she <laughs> d- presses some buttons and the water explodes. Well, she says explode, and then she types out explode, like, on her keypad, and then Shoji explodes. So he is he's not out of the race yet, <laughs> but he has been exploded hard enough that he's no longer in his Die Ranger form. He is right. back to just being, like, in his, like, white leathers on the Harley. His motorcycle helmet is, like, cracked down the middle. He's, like, bleeding from his forehead, but he is driving on. Yeah, man. And, like, he's he's kind of, like, yelling at them. He's like, why do you guys always have to cheat? He just, he wants a duel between men. Like, he wants it so bad. And I, we start to, like, this is where I think this thing really starts to come out in a more intense way. Shoji just wants them to be better than they are. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he expects them to be good guys, but he wants them to be, like, honorable foes. Yeah, he wants is, to is have, the vibe like, that I get. he wants to have, like, an honest rivalry with these guys. And, like, they just keep, like, sneaking around behind his back, and he can't get that sort of satisfaction that he's looking for. Yeah. Okay. So then what we see, kind of after this moment that Choji has, is we see the other two Stooges watching from the bridge. And, like, they're really excited. General Kamikaze is ahead. And we do see a moment. This is kind of weird for the Goma. We see that these three guys, well, these three Stooges, rather, are generally, or genuinely rather, friends. Now, hold on, Dave. Like, I, I think you might have skipped a scene there, because before before they cut to them overlooking it, they actually get to the bus. Like, Shoji catches up with uh, with General Kamikaze. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Totally forgot about that. And, and Shoji is super upset about the cheating. He's like, why you gotta cheat? And General Kamikaze's like, because I need to win. And then he kicks Shoji... <laughs> That's right. And accelerates. Oh, but he actually he says, obviously, like of course I'm gonna cheat. So he gets ahead Which... of Shoji and he grabs the key. And and Shoji has to find the other key that's on the bus, and it's it's like in an awkward place, and so he's he's still trying to catch up, but he's still in the race. Right. And so this is when we cut to the part where they're on the bridge and That's right. And they're sort of looking on and they're, you know, Company President Tombstone and the telephone teacher are looking on and cheering him on. Uh, it's it's pretty obvious that telephone teacher has a thing for General Kamikaze. I'm not sure if they're oh, an yeah, item, super. but she's like, oh, he's so lovely today. I feel like we've gotten the vibe that they are like semi an item before. But I think this is cool because we never see that Goma actually care about each other. You know what I mean? Like even the three Goma commanders who are ostensibly kind of teammates clearly don't actually care about each other. Shadam and his and Akamaru hate each other, and they're like father and son. But here we have the three Goma 
the Three Stooges, and like they care about each other. Maybe this is why they're the loser Goma, because the Goma are fueled by hatred. Yeah, they don't have all that hatred flowing through their veins. And so they're cheering them on, and then Zydos shows up, and he's like, what is he doing? Why is he trying to win? Like, he, he might not know this, but this whole thing is rigged. So he pulls off the telephone that is the head of the telephone teacher, like pulls up the receiver, <laughs> holds this giant like prop telephone up to his face. <laughs> so amazing. And calls Kamikaze like in his, I don't know, it, he must have some sort of like receiver. Headset? I don't know, And says so like, listen, like stop trying to win. The bombs on your bikes are fake. The real right. bomb is at the end. Whoever wins gets blown up. So all so, you have to do is be the loser that you are and lose again, and then Shoji will be killed. Yeah. So Zydos has rigged this entire thing on the assumption that these guys are losers and will lose. And there was a key line that Zydos said at, when he was talking to Kamikaze, and what he said is, you are a leftover, so act like one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And this is like... This is the moment, right? Like, this is where General Kamikaze maybe has, like, finally had enough. And and you can see... Uh, I was about to say you can see it in his eyes, which you can't, because I don't think he actually has eyes. No, he has eyes, but, like, you know, it's a weird, like, monster costume. <laughs> but anyways, but you can see it, slash hear it, like, this is the moment that he really... Now it's a duel between men. Like, right, like now, now General he is Kamikaze is cheating. in it for real. Yes. Which is awesome. So it flips back up to the bridge, and we see the other rangers kind of step out from behind a rock or something. And they say, oh, like, so that's how it is. And then Zaido says immediately, like, Kotopotoro, fight them. And Kotopotoro kind of, like, teleport in front of nowhere. The rangers tension, and then they fight. And so we cut, they're fighting, and we cut back to the race, and all we get is, you know, like, Kamikaze saying, like, no, I must win, like, now, now it's on, like, I have to do this, and they're closing in on the finish line. Right, and this is wild, because obviously, like, Kamikaze, like, the whole point has been to beat and presumably kill Shoji, like, that's the goal, but now that... You know, like, I don't know what it is, but the switch has flipped. And now he says, not only do I not want to kill Shoji, like, I am willing to sacrifice myself to save him. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I it's a fantastic he, I think moment. He does want to save him. But I think more than that, he wants, like, wrapped up in that is the fact that he wants to prove that he's not just a leftover. He wants to... He no longer wants to kill Shoji, but he wants to beat him fair and square. I mean, not fair and square, because he's still right. going to kick him in a second. But, like, he still wants to be the guy to finish the race, to say, like, I won. Like, I know you've beaten me before, but this time, no matter what it costs, despite the fact that it's going to kill me, I'm finally going to win one. I'm not going right. to be the leftover. Which he does. He then, like, he wins. Well, okay, there's a little bit more to it. He's rolling up to the finish line. Zydos is like, what are you doing, you idiot? Shoji is supposed to win. And actually like, jumps in front of his motorcycle and like stops him. Or tries like, to holding, stop him. Tries to stop him. Uh, Rin, like using the aura changer, like radios to Shoji and says like, dude, this is the deal. The explosives are at the finish line. You know, like don't finish. And then Shoji sees General Kamikaze, realizes all of a sudden, like, here's the deal, that Kamikaze is try is beating him and therefore kind of saving him. And so back at Kamikaze's bike, like, Zydos is trying to stop him because he still wants Shoji to win so that he'll blow up. And then the other two of the Three Stooges have, are trying to stop him. Because they don't want Kamikaze to get blown up. But despite that, like, Kamikaze has dragged all three of them to the finish line. And then the bomb goes off. Right. So Kamikaze dies with honor. Shoji, like, loses it. 
Now, in this moment, they all get blown back. Zydos uh, is seen to survive the blast. Like, lands in a, uh, like, a small pile of, not pile, but there it's were like a handful three. of uh, the enlarging, enlarging bombs. bombs. And Zydos becomes giant Zydos. Right. And Shoji is furious. Oh, dude, yeah. He tensions, and it's like, it's a Ryu level of intensity tension. This is a more intense, like, aura changing than the time uh, in the baseball episode where he had, like, the eye glowing. Like, the look on his face with, like, the blood dripping oh, yeah. down his forehead. Like, there is just rage in Shoji's eyes. Well, I think because now, now, like, like Zydos has stolen this moment from Kamikaze. And t- you know what yeah, I mean? And he's taken Kamikaze. Not only has he stolen it from Kamikaze, he's stolen it from... Uh, this sort of, like, rivalry of Kamikaze and Shoji. Yeah. Like, he robbed both of them and killed Kamikaze in the same moment. Right. And of the, He robbed them of their duel between men! And, of course... He took that away! And, of course, in true Shoji fashion, he just says, this is unforgivable. <laughs> oh, man. It's so unforgivable. So, Shoji tensions. The rest of them also tension. They summon the Kaiden Beasts. You know, form Dyrano. And they're fighting, and, uh, you know, they do, you know, they're fighting for a second. They do the bit where they pull out the sword and start to swing it. Zydos catches the sword. Oh, yeah. This was, I did not expect that to happen. And this is what I think has happened once or twice before, and you'd think that he would have paid attention when it happened before, because they did the exact same thing, because when somebody catches the sword, they just electrify the sword and zap the hell out of the enemy. Which is, yeah, that's exactly what happens. So Zydos is, like, standing there, sort of, like, shaking. Like, you know, he's getting electrocuted. Uh, And then, so he's, but, you know, so he's electrocuted for a second. And then he manages to kind of, like, free himself slash, like, jump away. Now, before the fight ends... Because, you know, you can feel like this fight is on its last legs. These giant right. monster fights never last too long. Uh, but they're not going to finish it with just Dairano, because uh, Cameo slash Daimugen, the giant robot turtle from 6,000 years Mugen, ago. that's what his name is. I couldn't remember. All he rolls up, and he's like, I also don't forgive you. <laughs> right. So now it's, it's Daimugen. Wong Tiger just shows up. He doesn't say anything. Just just Wong Tiger's there. And they form their, like, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but, like, their giant carrier, where, like, they're all riding on Daimugen. And they drop, I think, my favorite Kaiden Beast finishing move. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> we don't <laughs> see it, it enough. Again? Yeah, they've only done it like once, maybe twice before. They've done a handful of times, but it's, it's not often. It's the big crushing death. That's right. And if you don't remember what the big crushing death is... Here, you know, actually, Bill, you were so enamored of it. Why not just lay it out for us? Because this is the first time you've seen it, so I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I mean, it it is exactly what it sounds like. They they form <laughs> the carrier, they start flying over him, and then they just fall on him. <laughs> it's like the most base level. Like, there's no energy bolt. There's no, like, fancy sword work. They literally just, like, get the biggest dogpile they can and bomb someone. It is just the combined <laughs> weight of seven, uh, like, giant robots squishing someone to death. Now, normally when this happens, when they crush the monster, there's a big explosion and the monster dies. But this <laughs> week, that doesn't happen, and we get another so gorgeous Die Ranger moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what do we see? Sorry, guys. So, let me collect myself. Somebody else take this. <laughs> All right, so what you see, and, and I mentioned this when we were watching the episode, and I, I had to look, I had to look it up to see which one came first. Zydos is straight flattened like a pancake, and just kind of like works his way out, like all floppy, like the guy in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> so wait, which one did actually come first, Bill? Uh, Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was in 1988, so that came first. Okay, okay, so it did come first. So, <laughs> so what they have, so what they have done is they. They just made like a printout 
of the guy who plays Zydos. And they've got, like, fishing line attached to it. And they just, like, wiggle out this printout from underneath the model. And then it sort of waves away like a kite. And Zydos, you hear Zydos say, like, you know, I'll be back next time. Essentially, like, I'll get you next time, Gadget. I'll get you next time, Die Rangers. It's like, it's a Zydos kite. Which I'm telling you right now, I would pay real American dollars to own. <laughs> so Zydos Kite sort of like floats slash teleports away. And that's kind of the end of the fight scene. Like, the scene cuts from there. Okay. And, so they've all gotten okay. out of their, you know, their kite beasts, And they're right. untransformed and they are back at the site of the explosion. Right. So the other rangers are sort of standing what can only be termed a kind of respectful distance away. Shoji is having kind of a private moment with at the at the grave of the three stooges. And this is kind of what this is where we find out why this has been a thing for Shoji. Cuz he says he says he's kind of talking about them and he's sort of remembering the things that because it, it does like a little flashback sequence where we see Shoji's interaction with the three stooges. Yeah, Shoji's like, Kamikaze, you won this one. And then we see like, you know, flashbacks from the previous episodes that they've appeared. Right. And the parts of those that we see is those three stooges saying, like, oh, like, we're losers, we're idiots, we're the leftovers of the Goma. Like, they'll never accept us. Like, we're not really part of, like, the club. You know, we're on the outs. And then Shoji says, just like me. Which doesn't make any sense to me. Because as far as I can tell, Shoji is, you know, the other Rangers think very well of Shoji. And he is very much, like, part of the team. Yeah, but you got to imagine that, like, you know, Shoji's life outside of being a dying Ranger is probably very much like that. Like, every time that we see him... You know, like, his one friend that we saw earlier on in the, like, you know, very early in the series was, like, a little kid that he took care of because they were both orphans. Uh, oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, every time... He was into that girl and she wasn't into him. Yeah, like, stuff in his, you know, his Die Ranger life, you know, works out as well as any sort of Die Ranger life can. But his personal life, you know, he is, you know, sort of a lovable loser. Right. I don't so, even think he's that good of a boxer, which, again, makes no sense because he punches monsters for a living. But whatever. <laughs> now, well, not much of a living. He is perpetually poor. Now, there are two things that I want to point out about the scene that I, I like my favorite part about that scene. So the mines were like right in front of the, the finish line. So when he says, you won this one, Kamikaze, like there's a there's a pile of like bike parts. And he just grabs, like, one of the rims of the bike and just rolls it across the finish line. That's right. And then you see the Three Stooges in the sky, like, all ghostly, kind of like Return of the Jedi. Just kind of, like, watching over and approving. And Shoji, like, lets out this huge scream to the heavens to, like, like when he sees the visions of the Three Stooges in the sky. It's amazing. Yeah, because now, like, now it makes sense that Shoji sees in them something of himself, and that's why he wants them to be kind of better than they are. That's why he wants this duel between men, because he he sees, like I said, in them, he sees part of himself, and he wants that rivalry. And maybe kind of through that rivalry, they can validate each other, I guess. It's a, it's a pretty awesome moment. Actually, it's some really good storytelling. Dude, it's like I said, I love Shoji episodes. He might be my favorite guy on the show. And like okay. the, the three Stooges episodes of the Shoji episodes are the best ones, hands down. <laughs> I knew Dude, I, No. I was really glad that I picked this episode. I knew it was gonna be a stellar one. <laughs> it was. And it only gets better. Okay, this, yeah, because the episode's not, not over yet. yet. Okay. So the scene cuts again. We see Shoji in his apartment. At first, I almost didn't recognize him because I think the idea is he's just gotten up and his hair is not, like, pompadoured. And you would be surprised at how much he doesn't look like himself without that pompadour. But anyways, 
So he kind of like, he's in his PJs, I guess. And there's a package like, and he's like, huh, what's going on? This is really weird. And then there's a phone call. So he picks up the phone and it's General Kamikaze on the line. And Shoji is thrilled. He's like, what? You guys are alive? This is amazing. And Kamikaze is like, yes, we are alive. We survived, but we are different than we were before. We have completely cut ties with the Goma, and we are going to, like, (laughs) go off somewhere in secret to, like, make up for all of the trouble that we've caused. Okay, Matt, there is something, there's a really key moment you missed there. Okay. And here's the deal, because he's like, wait, did you guys survive? And General Kamikaze says, yes, it turns out we're leftovers in hell, too. (laughs) So I think the idea is they did, in fact, die. They went to, like, Goma Hell, and Goma Hell kicked them out for being, like, nerds. <laughs> like, like, immortality via dorkiness. I love <laughs> the these guys so much. So, and then they say, like, yes, we survived, and we are going to go, like, atone for our sins, I guess. And then he says, did you get the package? And Shoji says, yes, I got it. And General Kamikaze says, like, okay, baby. Like, we'll remember you. And then he hangs up the phone. Shoji opens the package. And I remember when we were recording, Dave, what you said was, oh my gosh, I hope it's a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. I did really hope it was a bomb, though. That would have been amazing. It wasn't, though. It was even better. It's like a banner, like this flag banner thing that they've written on. Right. It's it's like they signed Shoji's yearbook. (laughs) Almost, yeah. It's like, it's a friendship flag. The Three Stooges make Shoji a friendship flag. And it's got, like, sentiments on it. Like, Shoji, like, you're totally the best. Keep trying really hard in all your duels, General Kamikaze. No, Kamikaze's, I think what I think that one was, um... That, that was, was Telco Teacher. Kamikaze's oh, right. said something about a duel between men. A friendship between men. Oh, that's right! Oh my gosh, this show is so good. And then president, company president Tombstone said something else that was sort of like equally heartfelt and great. And that's the end of the episode. Like Shoji like goes, like throws his window open and starts shouting out his window to the three stooges as though they are down the street. It just says like, like, yes, like, like I'll keep friends forever. I'll keep trying hard too. It's the best. And then, so right. And then it cuts out. Okay. So, so Matt, actually Bill, Bill, high point of this episode? Uh, I'm gonna have to go. I mean, there's so many high points, but I'm gonna have to go with Kitty Pink. In fact, the whole the whole wrestling match at the beginning, <laughs> absolutely bananas. Uh, <laughs> it's just open with sumo. Why not? Uh, Matt, how about you, man? High point for oh, the episode? Gosh, man. I mean, honestly, this is this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. I guess if I would have to pick a high point, it's, you know, it is the moment that Kamikaze decides to deny his loserdom and, like, make it a true duel between men. And it's it's a really touching moment in a show where a superhero fights a monster who is also a motorcycle who is riding a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Dave? What's your high point? Okay, like you guys said, it's a fantastic episode. I think I got to go with the Zydos kite. I got to go with like 2D Zydos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, I don't even know if we want to... Low points? Are there any? Uh, I mean, the, on- the only low point I had is the one attack from Telephone Teacher with the the phone and the H2O and the explode didn't make a lick of sense, but <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm no, that was that was straight garbage. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, you get inured to that on some level watching enough of this show, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I uh, I got nothing, man. This this episode was pretty gold. Yeah. Okay. Any anything else we want to say before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so, Bill. While you're here, do you have anything that you'd like to plug uh, for our listening audience? Uh, well, as Many of you already know Dave is involved in LARPing, and I'm also involved in LARPing, and I actually run a podcast, I'm me and a buddy of mine, about uh, how to run LARP games, so if anybody is actually interested in that, 
It's uh, larpcast.podbean.com. Larpcast.what? Podbean. That's the... Uh, like O-D-D-B-E-A-N? Pod. Podbean. Podbean. Podbean.com. Okay. But if you just searched for... What was it? LARP? LARPcast. LARP tips? LARPcast. You'll LARPcast. Find if you search for LARPcast, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, awesome, man. Right on. Well, Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude. Thanks for having me. And that is going to do it for another episode of Living Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, and I hope you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. The Super Sentai Brothers is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Die.